This is Joe Cerincioni. I'm a distinguished fellow at the Quincy Institute for Responsible Statecraft in Washington, D.C., and the former president of the Plowshares Fund. And it's my pleasure to talk today with Tweeta Parsi, who's the executive vice president of the Quincy Institute. He teaches a course at Georgetown University on the geopolitics of the Middle East and is the author of three books on the history of diplomacy with Iran. We're going to start this conversation with his recommendations to the incoming Biden administration contained in his new article this week in Foreign Affairs. To save the Iran nuclear deal seems bigger. And the subhead really tells it all. Biden should refuse to let Trump define his options. Trita, thank you very much for agreeing to have this conversation with me. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start right with your bottom line. What should Joe Biden do? And then we'll back up and you can explain why you come to that conclusion. Joe Biden should get back into the nuclear deal, but that cannot be the end of the story. I think the experience of the last couple of years have shown us quite clearly that we cannot expect that such an arms control agreement with Iran can survive if at the same time, the United States and Iran continue to be at each other's throats. There has to be an effort to try to improve the broader relationship with Iran in order for a nuclear deal to be durable. You say in your article that uh, rather than allowing Trump to force his hand, President-elect Biden should take the opportunity to think bigger, bigger even than the Obama administration was able to do. What do you mean? What I mean there is that the Obama administration went out of their way to define the nuclear issue just as a nuclear issue and only sell it as a nuclear issue. They completely avoided any conversation about the nuclear deal potentially bringing about an end to the 40-year-old enmity between the United States and Iran or an, uh, a, just a different shape of that relationship. They thought that the best way of selling that agreement was to make sure that it only focused on the nuclear uh, achievements because that's where the deal was the strongest. And that may have been the right calculation to sell the deal. It is not the right calculation to make the deal durable. Mm. So you know the Biden administration is going to come under pressure from the usual forces, um, and the, the Israeli lobby in Washington, D.C., AIPAC, the very well-funded NGOs who are intent on overthrowing the, the government of Iran, not making a deal with it. How do you expect that to play out? Well, I think the Biden administration, again, has to make a choice on exactly where they want to go instead of having all of these other entities, whether it's the pro-Israel lobby or if it's the pro-Saudi entities, define their options here. And I think, again, if the um, Biden administration looks at the situation and doesn't take into account that there's going to be a very different Congress this time around, I actually think that the biggest political price the Biden administration will pay is not if they go for a nuclear deal, it's not if they go for a bigger arrangement, it's if they don't. Because you have now a Democratic Congress, new members of Congress coming in that strongly believe that the JCPOA is one of the biggest achievements of democratic foreign policy. Walking away from that, not being willing to fight for it, and, try, and being too sensitive to um, the demands of those who never wanted a deal in the first place and actually wanted to, to go towards a military confrontation, I think will be a big mistake and it will be a big political mistake as well. 
Yeah, and you have people inside the incoming administration on their transition teams who have different views of how we do this. Joe Biden has said he will with he will re-enter or come back into compliance with the Iran deal, formerly known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action or JCPOA, uh, as long as Iran is in compliance with it. That's something they have to work out. How exactly does Iran come back in appliance? How does the U.S. come back in appliance? There's something that's got to be synchronized there. But there are some who are arguing, no, 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 use the leverage, they say, that Trump has given you to extract even greater concessions from uh, from Iran before re-entering the deal. How do you think that's playing out? Do you have any sense of which side is dominant at this point? My sense is that those who have been arguing for using Trump's sanctions as leverage have essentially lost the, uh, the debate inside uh, the Biden team, uh, at least for now. Uh, the question though is, can they move this issue fast enough? so that de facto it doesn't end up becoming a scenario in which the impression that I Iran lost you just a bit is you said, that the you said Biden that, administration. I'm sorry, you said the question is, and I lost you for a bit there. Could you repeat, repeat that, please? The question is? I think the question is whether the Biden team will be able to move fast enough because there's just a yeah. short window of time in which this uh, deal can be restored before the Iranians have their new uh, presidential elections. That just the failure to move fast enough can still leave the Iranians with the impression that no, Biden is doing this deliberately because he wants to use those sanctions as leverage. And if that happens, then the Iranians are gonna go and try to build their own leverage before a negotiation, which means dramatically increasing their nuclear activities, potentially even walking out of the NPT or the JCPOA. And that search, that mutual search for leverage is enough to kill this little, little window we have to make sure that this nuclear deal can be revived. Excellent. Thank you very much, Trita, for this conversation. Goodbye.